Okay. Okay, good morning everybody. Uh, if you're new here, welcome. My name is Josh. I'm part of the leadership team here. What we're going to be doing uh, today is we're going to be continuing our series in the book of John, the Gospel of John. So if you have your Bibles, you can turn to John chapter 12 and uh, we'll be reading from there. If you do not have your Bibles, don't worry, it's going to be on the screen. I have a few nervous faces around me. Uh, it'll be on the screen in a minute. And what we're going to do today is we're going to uh, continue looking at kingdom living. Alid spoke, uh, touched on this towards the end of his preach last week. And uh, I wanted to continue looking at kingdom living. What does it look like now we live under the king? What does our life, what should our life look like? What, get, what do we get to do? And I want to look at one specific area. And the area that we're going to look at today is fear. Is whose praise do we go after? Do we go after praise of man? Or do we go after praise of God? And put slightly differently, who are we really fearing? Do we fear man? Or do we fear God? And so we're going to read from chapter... 12 and verse 37. This is the NIV version. I also just want to say that Nina will be um, joining me up in about 10 minutes and she will be sharing some personal testimony which I'm very much looking forward to. So she'll be coming up soon. Nina is my wife. Okay, um, 12 verse 37. Even after Jesus had done all these miraculous signs in their presence they still would not believe in him. This was to fulfill... I'm just going to check we're recording. This was to fulfill the word of Isaiah the prophet. Lord, who has believed our message? And to whom has the arm of the Lord been revealed? For this reason, they could not believe, because, as Isaiah says elsewhere, he has blinded their eyes and deadened their hearts, so they can neither see with their eyes, nor understand with their hearts, nor turn... And I would heal them. Isaiah said this because he saw Jesus' glory and spoke about him. Yet at the same time, many even among the leaders believed in him. But because of the Pharisees, they would not confess their faith for fear they would be put out of the synagogue. For they loved praise from men more than praise from God. Then Jesus cried, cried out, When a man believes in me, he does not believe in me only, but in the one who sent me. When he looks at me, he sees the one who sent me. I have come into this world as a light, so that no one who believes in me should stay in darkness. As for the person who hears my words but does not keep them, I do not judge him. For I did not come to judge the world, but to save it. There is a judge for the one who rejects me. And does not accept my words, that very word which, which I spoke will condemn him at the last day. For I did not speak of my own accord, but the Father who sent me commanded me what to say and how to say it. I know that his command leads to eternal life, so whatever I say is just what the Father has told me to say. Wow, boom. Uh, so we're going to look, um, really, we're going to focus on one group of people today but just to briefly touch there's two groups of people in this 
passage. And the first group we meet in the first few verses. And they see Jesus. They see his signs. They hear his teaching. Yet, even though they literally see a man who can raise people from the dead, they still do not see Jesus. They still do not understand that he is God's son. That he is God. And they don't put their faith in him. And that's the first group of people. And just really, just to touch on that, there will be people in our lives who we invite to things, who we pray for, who we love, who we perhaps even have incredible experiences of God with. Perhaps they come to worship on a Sunday morning and you're like, how can they not see God? And they're like, well, there's something different about you guys. But they still can't see Jesus. And that's okay, because it even happened to Jesus. People literally saw the physical, real-life Jesus, and they saw what he did, and they still said, no, that's not for me. And so our responsibility as followers of Jesus is to love people, is to pray for people, is to invite people. And then it's Jesus, it's God is the one who does the saving. And so that's the first group of people, but we're going to spend all of our time today looking at the second group of people because these are believers they are followers of Jesus they have accepted that what Jesus says is true they have seen what he does and said this must be the Messiah but they don't openly acknowledge him they don't openly say I am a follower of Jesus and why they don't do that is very clear. It's in the passage. And it's because they are fearful. They are fearful that they will be kicked out of the synagogue. They prefer man's praise to the praise of God. And so they decide to keep their faith quiet. Basically, their priorities are completely wrong and so we're going to focus today I just want to I think it's really important this is such an important subject for us as we look in our discipleship as we want to become more like Jesus as we want to live life that honors God this is such an important question who do we fear more man or God whose praise are we really looking for when when we get right down to the bottom when we cut everything away whose praise are we really looking for are we trying to impress people? Or are we trying to impress God? And these guys had got their priorities wrong. This is the foundation. I really believe that. This is the foundation of discipleship. So I asked you this morning to come and to listen over the next 20 minutes. It's going to be a bit shorter today. And listen with an open heart. And, and, a, and, a, and let God search you. This is such an. This, I really do believe that this is such an important subject in discipleship, in us becoming more like Jesus. You see, I believe that if we get this right, God will use us in even greater ways than He already does. I believe that if we really learn to fear God, if we get that right, more than fear a man, we will be freed for God to really use us in incredibly powerful ways. I'm sure of that. I'm convinced by it. So we're going to do two things. We're going to look at Jesus, his life, very briefly. And then we're going to look at um, us and how that can affect us. And that's when Nina 
is going to come up. And so over the last year and a half approximately, I'm as bad as, at dates as Ali is, so I think it's about a year and a half we've been doing Real Jesus and going through the book, the Gospel of John. We have found so many, or I at least, and I hope you have as well, found so many amazing things out about Jesus. And we titled the series of the sermons, Real Jesus, and we've just got this incredible glimpse into who Jesus is, like what he did, why he did it, but, you know, these incredible I am statements, these incredible signs that he does. And we've seen, we've seen incredible things. I really believe, like, me personally, I've been like, wow, I can see you even greater. I want to worship you even more because I've learned even more about who you are. And one thing we see time and time again is that Jesus creates opinions. Jesus, right the way through the book of John, and it's going to continue, he creates opinions. Some people, you are the Messiah, you are God. Other people, you are demon-possessed. That is two different opinions. <laughs> and that's what he does, he creates opinion. Some people, I love you. Other people, I want to kill you. And in fact, that leads up to the position where we are today, in the book of John, people want to kill him. And it's been planned, it's been signed, sealed, delivered. He is going to get killed. And that's actually what we'll focus on in the second part of John next year. But he creates opinions. And why does he create opinions? Is it the way he looks? Is it the way he smells? Is it the way he talks? Did he have a certain accent that people didn't like? Some people loved it, some people hated it. No. It's because of what he did. It's because of what he did. And everything that Jesus did, everything he did in obedience to the Father. Everything. And so you can read in uh, John 5, 19, this. Very truly I tell you, the Son can do nothing by himself. He can do only what he sees his Father doing, because whatever the Father does... The Son also does. And even in what we have just read in 12.49, uh, we read this. The Father who sent me commanded me to say all that I have spoken. So Jesus does what the Father says. What the Father does. Full stop. Jesus' life is 100% pure obedience to the voice of the Father. And that leads... To Jesus creating opinions. Some people love him, some people hate him. Some people say he's God, some people say he's demon possessed. But he does everything in obedience to the Father's voice. We heard last week that he rode into town, into Jerusalem, on a donkey. We saw at the beginning of John uh, the first miracle, him, him making these, giving these big jugs of water to the master of a feast where the wine has run out. Jesus does things and you sort of, you, we don't know this, but you sort of wonder like, I wonder if he thought, what will people think of me as I ride into Jerusalem on the donkey or as I give these big jugs of water to the master of the feast who really should have wine. You don't, we don't really know. Did he think hmm, people may think I'm a bit odd or, or, but whatever he thought, he did it. And he was 100% obedient to God. To the Father. 
So really, when we look at Jesus, we see someone, we see God who does what his father tells him to do. We see the son in perfect obedience to the father. That's who Jesus is. He is obedient. And then we need to ask the question, really, is how does this impact us? We want to be more like Jesus, right? We want to, we want to see Jesus and say, okay, Jesus, we want to be more like you. So how, how does Jesus' life impact us? When we look at Jesus, how, how, how should that, how can that, how does that impact our lives here today in Gothenburg? Well, Jesus is very clear when he talks about being his follower. It's very, very clear. Um, he says this in Matthew 16, 23. Whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves and take up their cross daily and follow me. If anyone is to be Jesus' disciple, we need to do what Jesus did. We need to pick up our cross. He picked up his cross. We need to pick up our cross. We need to deny ourselves. That is what being a Christian is all about. That really is. It's not flowery and lovely. It's picking up your cross. That is the life of a disciple. It's following Jesus to death. That is the life of a disciple. That is what becoming more like Jesus is like. That is what living an obedient life is like, is picking up your cross. Martin? So... The leaders, if we go back to the leaders in the synagogue, they, believe, they, they believed in Jesus. It says that. They, they believed in Jesus, but they didn't pick up their cross. For them, the price of being kicked out of the synagogue was too big a cross to pick up, if you understand what I'm saying. They preferred the synagogue. They preferred the praise of man. They preferred the synagogue to following Jesus. What fools? What fools? There's nothing, I'm sorry, that might, might sound harsh, but that is the reality. Jesus is, as we've heard today, he is the king. Mm. He is amazing. He is, he is completely in love with us. He is, the, yeah, he is like the ruling king, the ruling saviour. He sits at the Father's right hand and he says, follow me. And then, and then some leaders say, well, well, but actually, I really like the synagogue. And yet, don't get me wrong, their life was wrapped around the synagogue. Okay, they would have spent years and years training and, and, and studying and, and the whole culture, the, the whole life is wrapped around the synagogue. But it's still nothing compared to Jesus. And we need to get in this position where we say everything, everything, everything is worthless compared to knowing you, Jesus. We need to pick up our cross. It's, it's just so, so important. This is what being a Christian looks like. And the thing is, that if we look for the praise of others, if we're more concerned about what we're going to lose, fearing what we're going to lose, to fearing God, to getting praise from God, it will stop us being obedient. Because we have this question to answer. <laughs> if, if Jesus says, do this, and that's too big a price to pay for us, then we can't be obedient. <coughs> so we need to decide. 
if Jesus is calling us into something and we, and we want to be obedient, we need to say, okay, everything is worthless compared to knowing you. Everything. And so the, the question that we have to answer is this. Who, who are we going to be? We have a choice. Okay? Jesus gives us choices. He gives us opinions. This, this is the Jesus we love. Um, choice number one is be like the synagogue leader. You say, I'll, I'll follow you, Jesus, to a certain extent. But when the going gets tough, or when it's something that I actually really like, I'm going to say no. Like the synagogue leaders. They liked him to an extent, they followed him to an extent, but then they said, too far. Or are we going to be like Jesus, obedient to the point of death, even death on the cross? You know. Right, yes, here I am. So I have the title on uh, my paper here. It says, how do we respond uh, when we hear God's voice? Because the truth is, if we believe in Jesus and if he's our saviour, we hear him speak. That's a privilege that we have. Uh, in fact, Aled was talking about how do we hear the voice of God. Uh, he was saying, yes, we hear the voice of God through scripture. Well, actually, if we're going before that, when we gave our lives to Jesus, we uh, heard the voice and we responded. Um, and we can hear the voice of God. He can speak to us. And we also hear the voice of God in scripture. Uh, and when we hear the voice of God, when God speaks, uh, we are not robots, so we have a choice mm. to make. Uh, he's not going to take control of you. He's not a controlling father. He's a loving father. And he will um, give you a choice. And sometimes uh, when God speaks, it can actually be quite easy. There's sometimes when God speaks to me, and I'm like, yes, of course. Yeah, that's not easy. Uh, that's easy. And there's other times when uh, God speaks to me, and actually I it's hard it's costly uh, it costs uh, more and I'm not sometimes sure actually if I'm if I'm being honest that I'm willing to pay that cost uh, and if I look back on my own life um, what is the reason what stops me from following uh, the voice of God when he speaks because I hear him and as I said we all hear him what is it that stops me and the biggest thing the root of it I can give lots of different examples but the root of, of stopping me, what is stopping me is fear. Yeah? The, it's fear of what other people will think of me. And I think um, there's something within all of us that we want the praise of man. We want the approval of man. Uh, that can be family members, it can be spouses, uh, it can be friends, but there's something within us that when people praise us, it makes us feel good. And don't think, I'm not saying that praise and encouragement is not good, because actually it is. Yeah. And I'm all for, I think we, I can do more encouragement, I think we can all encourage each other. But if, if my identity is found in the encouragement or what other people tell me, if my identity is found in the praise that Josh gives me, I'm in a bad place. Even if it's very good, don't get me wrong. <laughs> but my identity of who I am must be rooted in Jesus. If I find that I live for the praise of others, uh, then I'm, I'm trapped, I'm a slave. And over, if I'm honest, over actually the last decade, uh, fear in, in a variety of forms has been something that I have battled with. Uh, what other people think of me matters. But to the extent that sometimes actually it's been more important than what my father thinks of me. 
um, and and uh, yeah, and and by the grace of God, God has spoken to me. Uh, he has challenged me. He's loved me. Uh, he has set me free from things, and I'm not where I was, and I'm thankful for that. But I'm not where I want to be either. Uh, and even this week, I was sharing in just a couple of seconds um, where uh, I had a battle with fear uh, of what someone would think of me, and that took over. Uh, so Josh has asked me to share a couple of stories. I'm only going to share two. There's plenty of stories that I could share, but uh, of where God has spoken to me uh, and where he has challenged me. And the first one started about a year ago where God began to show me more of his freedom and the freedom that I have in him. Uh, and a small, small aspect of that freedom is how I worshipped him. I mean, freedom in, in Christ involves so much more than just, you know, singing songs to him. But God began to stir my heart and began to challenge me uh, about how I was worshipping him. And I was in worship, and I felt God really stir me. And I wanted to, as you probably heard today, I want to clap. I want to shout, I want to sing, because it's such good news. Mm -hmm. And God began to really challenge me on it, and to challenge me of ways that I've worshipped for years. Mm -hmm. uh, and I had such a battle with it. Uh, and even, I mean, it's still, it's, it's a battle. Uh, and uh, I said to Josh one, one day, I said, and I'm sorry, I know some of you have heard this story, but that's okay. And I'm a teacher, so I like to repeat myself. That's what I do most days. <laughs> so I, I will repeat, and that's how we remember. Uh, and I said to Josh one day, I said, when I worship God, and at home I did it, me and Freddie would jump up and down. I just want to jump up and down. I just want to praise him. I want to give him glory. And Josh just looked at me and he said, but why don't you do that? What, what, what's going on? And God again began to challenge me, and it came to a point where I had a choice or whether I was going to let into fear, because actually the truth of it was that I was fearful what you guys would think of me. That's if I, if I actually look at what is going on here. And I had to be obedient to what my father was telling me. I had to listen. And actually, sometimes it is costly. And I'm thinking, oh, Nina, you're acting like a fool. But it's worth it, because actually God has so much more. Uh, and worshipping him in freedom is, is what, we're, what we're born to do. Mm -hmm. The last story that I will share was this week. Um, uh, there's a group of, of mums in our area and we often go to the playground. We have children the same age and we were in the playground and it was all going well. I was uh, giving out two invites to the carols. Uh, I was talking a little bit about God and they asked why we moved from England here. And I was like, yeah, this is going well. And then God spoke to me about speaking to this particular woman and oh, I was like, okay, yeah. And so God spoke to, say, very clearly, I heard him say, I was going to speak to this blonde girl who I'd seen. And I saw her everywhere. I mean, I walked out of the house on Tuesday. She was there walking past the house. I was walking Harvey the next day. Suddenly, she was just there. I went to the tram stop. She was there. And I was like, oh, it almost got annoying. I, was, I, I actually thought, God, I get it. I know what you're trying to say. And I actually didn't speak to her. Because I felt I, there was something about it that I could speak to these other two women, but there was something I knew God had spoken to me. There was not a question about that yet. And he gave me the opportunity every single day. Yeah, I chose to ignore him. And then I, can, I have a choice then. I can sit at home and be like, oh, Nina, you're useless. Yeah, there's a voice that wants to break us down. Nina, 
you're useless. You can't do this. And the fact is, yes, I am useless without Jesus. I'm utterly, and the, the, not that I'm particularly old, but every single day I've become more aware how much, how much I need Jesus, especially being a mum. <laughs> I need him every day. Uh, it, 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 yeah, I need the spirit. I'm absolutely useless without, my, about, without Jesus. And I could sit at home and I could be like, okay, there will be other people that are better than me. I messed up. I mean, I should know better, really. But actually, I'm not going to do that. Because every day I have a choice. I know that this woman, I will see her again, probably Monday morning. And I'm going to speak to her and I'm going to go for it. I'm ready now because God, <laughs> I've, I've, yeah. And, uh, and that's the truth for all of us. Yes, we mess up. Sometimes we let fear take hold of us. And then we have a choice. We can then sit at home and really say, oh, I'm such a bad person. The truth is we all are utterly, completely, utterly dependent on Jesus. Uh, and, and my encouragement and my challenge to you is this. Take, every day you will have a choice. If you mess up, the next day, go for it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you have a new choice every day. And what I want to do, when I look back on my life, whenever, that, whenever the end is, uh, I want to look back on it and think, yes, I've done it. I've been fighting the good fight this, you know, my life. Because if we think about it with our small human heads, or at least how I think, I think, oh yeah, you know, life is pretty long if we are, if we are blessed. Uh, but the fact is that life is very short. The time here is short. And I only get this opportunity once. Once I die, that's it. I'll get to spend eternity with my father. And I want to look back and not be like, oh yeah, that decade and that decade, I was messing about. I don't know what I was doing. I was trapped by this and fear took hold of me. I'll be like, no, I don't want to be like that. God is really like, come on, Nina. And so I'm challenging you as well, because he's really challenging me, Mm -hmm. uh, is is that we get an opportunity to fight. You only get this opportunity. And, And let's not choose to be trapped by fear or trap and live for praise of others because it will let you down. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm finished. Yeah. Well done, that's absolutely superb. Uh, this is Martin Luther who really stood up against the power of the Catholic Church just 500 years ago. And he stood up for what he saw in scripture. And it's just such a great example of another person. Nina's one great example. I'll put you next to Martin Luther. Um, <laughs> another, another great example of standing up when everyone, like the, the, the power of the Catholic Church is against you and saying, stepping out in obedience to God and saying, I cannot and will not recant anything. So this is, di- this is differing uh, opinions from the uh, Catholic Church. I cannot and will not recant anything, for to go against conscience is neither right nor safe. Here I stand, I can do no other, so help me God, amen. So, so, so good. That's a quote that I want all of us to remember and live by. Lord, this is what I see in scripture, or this is what I hear God saying to me, this is where I feel him asking me to step out. I can do no other. 
So help me God. Amen. So the question is, how far are you willing to go in obedience to God? What is it for you? How far are you willing to go? God is calling us to be radical disciples who follow him, who go for him, who hear his voice and go for it, like Martin Luther did. How far are you willing to go? Let's be a church, let's be a family. I just... I love being part of this church. Just last night was such a pleasure to be part of. I, I don't know if anyone did a head count of how many people there were, but I think approximately 100 people, maybe even over. A few years ago, that wouldn't have existed. And we are in such a privileged position to be part of such an amazing church family. I am privileged to be part of such an amazing church family. I really am. But God is calling us to be a family who 100% go after him obediently. And yes, we will make mistakes. We will all make mistakes. I could have, all my examples, the reason I didn't share was because I just always make mistakes. I, all my examples are bad ones. <laughs> I didn't do that, I didn't do that, I didn't do that, I didn't do that. At least Nina's got one where she was obedient. <laughs> but we will make mistakes. And the grace of God is, of course, and there's new mercies every day, which is amazing. That's Jesus has done everything. Okay, we're right with God. But boy, do I want to go right with God. Boy, do I want to be an obedient disciple. Boy, do I want to take the next opportunity when it comes up. Three very, very brief things to help us. And then we're going to respond uh, with a song. Three very uh, brief things to help us as we look to step out in obedience, as we look to conquer fear, as we look to forget about praise of man and look just for praise of God. First of all, look to Jesus. He is the author and perfecter of our faith. He, he's been here. He's done it. He's got the T-shirt. He lived 100% obedient to, uh, to, to the Father. Okay? Look to Jesus. We don't read our Bibles because we have to. Okay? We don't read our Bibles because it will impress God and he'll be, oh, I really love you today because you read so much of your scriptures. We read our Bibles because in there we see Jesus. And we see the example to follow. Open your scriptures. Get to know Jesus. Come to church on a Sunday or small groups or spend time with other people. Talk about Jesus. Seeing him will help us live our lives uh, less focused on fear. Second, rely on the Spirit. Um, 2 Timothy 1.7 says this, the Spirit of, For the Spirit God gave us does not make us timid, but gives us power. <coughs> Ask God for more. God is not calling us to be a, a church, a people of superpowers who sort of do it all ourselves. He's calling us to be a people who are completely reliant on the Spirit. He said to his early followers, wait until you receive the Spirit. He, 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 he knew, he knows we can't do it on our own. So he says, wait, receive the Spirit, go. So as we look to step out, as you're feeling, oh, I'm a bit fearful, and whatever, you all need to put your own, this is, this is my thing that I'm, I would get worried about. This is my thing that I look to praise of man more than praise of God. And when you get into that position, say, God, I need you. Jesus said, anyone is thirsty, come drink. And we need, we, we, it's so important that we hear these words. They're not just nice Bible scriptures. This is, this is what we live by. Are you thirsty? Come drink. Are you going to be stepping out and you're okay, Spirit, please help me. The Spirit of power will come. It's not 
the, the spirit of timidity. And then finally, uh, before, we, uh, before we sing and before we respond, know who you are. Your identity is firm, it's secure, it's fixed. You are a son of God. You are a daughter of God. Know your identity. And that is going to be so helpful. If, you, if we understand that, then what does it matter, like a bit of praise from man? Whether it's good praise or bad praise, what does that matter? I'm a son of God. Can you get any more impressive? Can you get any higher than a son of God? No. Of course you can't. Know your identity. If we're all completely secure in our identity, what does it matter if people think we're a bit wacky, a bit weird? We're sons of God. We're children of God. Know that. Get that. Understand that. Jesus was laughed at. He was mocked. He was spat at. He was abused. He was crucified. Was he any less son of God? No. He was still and is still the son of God. No matter what people said about him, the good ones or the bad ones, he is the son of God. And he, because of his sacrifice, Jacob so brilliantly prayed, because of his death and his resurrection, for all who believe in his name, be brought into that relationship as son of God. That's our identity. And so get, we almost like need to, like, we're going to be a bit weird. We are weird. We're aliens. That, that's actually what the Bible describes Christians as. We're passing through. We're aliens. With green heads and like. <laughs> Get used to it. We're weird. People will laugh at us. People will say no. People will say yes. People will be angry. People will mock. People will laugh. Son of God. People's opinions do not change who you are. So important that we understand that. Because having that firm foundation means that we can step out of that. Filled with the Spirit. Looking to Jesus as the author and perfecter of our faith. And say I'm going to go for it. I'm going to invite that person to the carols 2019. I'm going to pray for that person. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. We're going to respond uh, singing a song. And the song is This Is My Desire. And it's a song that's like, the lyrics are, this is my desire, I won't sing it. But to honour you, to worship you, uh, Lord, with all my heart, I give you praise. Something like that. I worship you. Thank you. The lyrics will be up there. Don't worry. My point is this. As we sing it, I really want us not just to sing it, but to really sing it. Can we sing it as... You don't have to sing it, but if you sing it, can you sing it in a way that's like, yeah, no, this is... Uh, right now, I'm, I'm drawing a line in the sand, and I'm saying, this is my desire. Yes, I've made mistakes. Yes, I'm going to make mistakes, but God, this is my desire to honour you, to worship you. All I am, I give you praise. There's like... Let's just personally do this. Just, we're just going to spend a few minutes coming before our loving Father. And I just, I'm, I'm going to sing it in a way that's saying, look, God, next opportunity that I get when I'm tempted for the synagogue, I want to go for you. <laughs> when I'm tempted for the praise of man, I'm going to buckle down and ask for more of the Spirit and say, no, I'm going for you, God. So let's, let's just let's sing this, not just as words, but as a prayer, as a promise. And then we're going to finish. So let's, let's stand.